0: Film fanatics. Film, fanatics. Film fanatics, from the silver screen to your earphones, with Alana Zulay and Gal Balaban.
1: Welcome back to Film Fanatics, where we talk about the movies that have us obsessed, excited, and inspired.
2: Uh, we have a very special guest today.
1: Julie is also Just Real Reviews, a fellow movie critic on Instagram, and a member of the League of Cinephiles. How are you, Julie?
2: Hey,
0: guys. How's it going?
2: Okay, let's uh, let's get a uh, let's get on with um, with the episode. Uh, today we're talking about Martin McDonough. It's our director spotlight uh, of Martin McDonough. and because we're celebrating the release of um, the Benches of Inisherring, which is a big Oscar contender for this year. So let's start with his first movie. It's called In Bruges, and it came out in uh, in 2008, and it's Pretty much a cult hit at this point, like uh, a lot of uh, movie fans uh, really have a good appreciation for this movie. So let's start with uh, Gal, when did you first run into In Bruges?
1: Like six years ago, just because I heard good things in our community on Instagram about it. And this, starting with this, then eventually Lobster and Killing of a Sacred Deer led to Colin Farrell being one of my favorites. But this is the role where, first of all, he won a Golden Globe for it, which is fantastic. But he's just so hilarious. But there's a sadness to him, too, which I think is great if we're talking about Martin McDonough's whole career. Um, he started with plays, which I think why he's so good at creating his own style of dialogue that only he can... You you never feel like Martin McDonough's drawing or borrowing from someone, too, obviously. And Farrell and Gleason are terrific together. Um... Ray finds we could talk about him because, um, and the violence is just really unhinged, but it plays off the comedy so well.
2: What about you, Julie? When did you first run into In Bruges?
0: Um, I saw In Bruges once and it was pretty recent, like last spring, and I, um, really liked it. Um, and it was just this dark comedy, which is like always something that i like a lot and it was something just different like it was like had its own style and to be honest it's kind of the thing it's like in one location but it doesn't feel like that and if you can pull that off i feel like that's like a really great thing in a movie like it, they're stuck in one place but it didn't feel that way because it was just like an exciting screenplay and they really relied on the words a lot too so i really like that about this
2: yeah, speaking of uh, the one location thing, it's really interesting because they, it has this interesting dichotomy of like uh, one of the characters really hating the place, and the other one really loving it, thinking of it as like a bit of a fairy tale. <laughs> and there's even a fun uh, like some funny back and forth later on with um, with uh, Ralph uh, Ralph Fiennes uh, about this. And it's actually one of the funniest jokes in the movie. I'm not gonna ruin it. It's quickly becoming one of my favorite, like, uh, cold, dark comedies.
1: And I think Farrell's is more out there with the humor. Gleason's like a little, he's like a little more like deadpan with his humor. Um, Yeah. But they're both great. And Ray finds again. He has that amazing scene where he hangs up the phone and he's pissed off. So he starts like hitting the phone back and forth. And his wife goes, "It's just a fucking inanimate object." And he goes, "You're a fucking inanimate object." And that just makes me laugh so hard.
2: Uh, so let's get to the scores for In Bruges. Why don't we start with Julie?
0: I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10.
2: Yeah, like uh, like with you, like it's one of my favorites uh, from uh, Martin. And I will also give it a 9 out of 10.
1: Yeah, I'd go 9 as well. It definitely grew from like an 8 when I first saw it. But yeah, I think even if you like his more recent awards movies better, there's still like a cult classic-like nature to it Martin McDonough when he came out at TIFF when I saw Banshees of Inisherin, he goes like any in Bruges fans out there and everyone was clapping so um so yeah and then he went like Banshees a bit of a different movie but I think you will still like it so people definitely know him everyone in this community definitely respects him and I think he's managed to break his seemingly weird style into the mainstream
2: do you want to introduce our next movie gal?
1: that's right um seven psychopaths is our next movie it came out in 2012 and it stars colin farrell sam rockwell woody harrelson christopher walken among many others and yeah julie tell us about this one because you are a massive fan so we've heard
0: yeah so this one was i saw it after i saw three billboards i guess it was like a home crime or something um, when I came across it and I didn't know it was like the same writer or anything. I just watched it because it all the people I like are in it. So I saw it and it ended up being like, I love Three Billboards when it came out. And I was like, oh my God, I like this one actually even more. I think it's just fun. You know, it's just like sick humor. There's an animal involved. I love like dogs. So like, you know, that's extra.
1: I also saw this one on Amazon Prime actually. And it was, I think, right as Three Billboards was coming out because I'd already seen In Bruges like a year before. And so I was like, okay, this movie is being acclaimed as hell. I might as well watch the other movie that's already like I can watch at home. And yeah, it's so fun. Again, his style is so great. And Colin Farrell is this time paired with Sam Rockwell. And I think they were wonderful together because Sam Rockwell is kind of crazy in this movie. He's insane.
2: (laughs) He's not crazy.
1: Well, I... I just loved him. And Christopher Walken has this one scene where he's just walking on the highway and uh, the robber comes and he's like, put your hands up. He's like, no. Why? Because I don't want to. And there's a back and forth. And I just adore that scene. That's one of the things I remember most about this movie.
2: For me, it's like the best part of this movie is how many crazy like twists and turns that this movie takes. Because it starts at something something completely different than what it ends up being and like every like I feel like every like 20 minutes there's like a twist that like turns the story into the into its head and you're kind of in the shoes of uh, Colin Farrell's characters uh, because he's also very confused about what's happening I I always love movies about Hollywood that have nothing to do with Hollywood
1: (laughs) yeah he's much more Uh, relatable here because instead of a hitman he's a screenwriter and we want to be that
2: exactly and I love that his name is Martin that is uh that's a like a like a nice little like a four fall break from a, from a Martin McDonough. and um, maybe he killed some people. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just like Julie said, just this is like one of his f- maybe f- like funnest movies. Like it's just a blast to watch. I think it's, I think it's the movie. one
1: with the loosest storyline, and that also. Um, gives it the least limitations for where it can go.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, do you guys want to give, uh, some scores, uh, to Seven Psychopaths? Let's start with Julie.
0: Um, I'm just going to give it a nine out of ten. Because I can't give it lower than Bruce is my favorite, so I'm going to stick with the nine.
1: This one's your favorite?
0: Yeah, this is my favorite out of all of them over time. It was, awesome. it's the most fun to me, yeah.
1: This one is my least favorite, but just because the others are so good, we'll get to that. It's an eight out of 10 I'm going right
2: in the middle with you guys. I'm going with eight and a half. Go to our next one. This, I think, is the movie that got the most Oscar buzz out of all of his movies, besides uh, The Banshees. It is a great movie called Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. It starts the incredible...
1: Francis McDormand. Thank you. And we have um, Woody Harrelson and Sam Rockwell. All three of them were nominated for Oscars. And Francis and Sam both won.
2: This just shows you how good his filmography is. That it's so small. But every movie is amazing. So, yeah. uh, I had a really good time watching this movie when it uh, it came out. Uh, I think I watched it with my cousin uh, during that Oscar season. And uh, it was definitely one of our Favorite of that whole of the whole season, Francis McDormand is insanely good in this
0: movie. I saw this back in 2017 in the theater. Um, I loved it right away. It became my favorite of that Oscar season during that time. Now, since that time, things have changed. I like other ones better in that year than I did like when I first watched it. But it's one of those movies that hits you the first time you see it. It's not one of those movies you rewatch all the time and it hits the same. It was like the first time that all those, there were so many quips like, and Frances McDormand just played herself and we loved it. We gave her another Oscar for it basically. And she, cause it was that funny, you know what I mean? it was like the darkest version of the comedy. And it really made you like, it made the audience kind of think a lot. And I feel like he treated us like an intelligent audience. And there's no really right answers at the end of the day is like a theme that goes on is like, you never know what's going to happen, you know? So I really liked a lot of his themes in the movie that was so high on at the time. And I think it would have been my pick if I picked who would win the Oscar that year over shape of water, it would have been three billboards for me. Definitely.
1: I'm actually with you there. Um, I think it was also considered the front runner to win before they announced that the shape of water had yeah, i won. remember that and yeah i saw this in theaters with my friend i was like okay i'm hearing all this amazing stuff about it we should go we actually did a double feature that day we went to this and then the disaster artist with james franco that was uh, a good
2: oscar season
1: yeah um that was an amazing day for movies this one i at least think is his best movie And I was blown away the first time watching it. Like I was really enjoying it and laughing the first 20 minutes. There's a part in the first, in like the 30 or 40 minute mark where something really tragic happens. And I was like, holy shit, I don't know where this is going. And I'm so in for it because everything he wanted me to feel thematically with the characters, with the way he was incorporating his style into a less, I guess like British setting. um, I was just in for the ride and I thought it was a, brilliantly made movie and it was one of those that i think uh even like now uh with the crowd of audiences if you mentioned this is the guy who directed three billboards like everyone's seen that movie and loved it as far as i know yeah um and francis mcdormand i honestly think it's one of the best like oscar winning performances of the last 10 years at least.
0: I think out of all of his movies, Three Billboards is his best screenplay. He has like just a lot of, there's a lot of like lying gold. I, I watch things with subtitles all the time and I'll like stop and be like, hold on, that's a good quote. I feel like it's a really quotable movie. And my favorite monologue she does is when she's talking to the priest in the living room in front of her son. it's just like, oh, oh my God, so you got good. it. And like, that was so good. I remember being in a the theater and everyone just like, like losing their breath, you know, during that part. She just gets um, you. She's like that one like if oh my god, if you were in the room with her, wouldn't you be like so afraid to say hi to this woman cuz she just like you know, like her mouth yeah. just gets you. You know what I mean? So I just love that about her and this role really gave her that chance to be-
1: And Lucas Hedges was her son and he had just been nominated for an Oscar for Manchester by the Sea and he did he was in Lady Bird. Um, So he was having, well, I don't know if he's been in anything in the last year, but he was having an incredible start to his career.
2: Again, this one is great. I just had more fun, I guess, with some of the other ones that we talked about. And um, let's get to like our ratings uh, for this movie. Uh, I guess I'll start this time. Again, I love every movie he makes. uh, But uh, this one is uh, on the lower end for me. I'll give it an 8 out of 10. I'm actually going with nine and a half. Wow, nice.
0: Yeah, I'm with you with the nine and a half. Nice. Yeah. It is, I think it's his best movie, and it's not my favorite. Those are two different things to me, so... That uh, is- yeah,
2: that's that's exactly what I mean. It's it's probably his best movie, but it's not my favorite, exactly. Are you re- Are you guys ready to talk about something new?
1: Martin McDonough has directed one of the most awards-buzzy movies of the year, The Banshees of Inisherin*. And it reteams Colin Farrell with Brendan Gleeson. They're back all together. And in this movie, um, Parik meets his friend Colm at the bar. And suddenly, Colm tells him that he doesn't want to be friends anymore. And from there, uh, crazy shit happens.
2: This movie caught me kind of off guard. Because <laughs> uh, cause it's such a simple story about like such simple things, I guess. But it impacts you in a way like we were just talking about in seven psychopaths how like crazy things like keep happening and you would think in a small tiny town in like the i don't know what is it the 1800 or no the 1900s right
1: um it was like during the irish civil war
2: okay uh i don't know when that was (laughs) yeah me neither Uh, (laughs) i thought maybe you would know uh so like 1900s 1900s, it's like early 1900s right uh Yeah, so, like, you would think that nothing that crazy was happening there at that time, but, like, some insane things happen, happens with this, uh, these two friends and, uh, like, their neighbors and their whole community, and I saw an interview that uh, Mark McDonough gave, like, uh, last month, and he was talking about, like, the fact that, like, this was, like, a way more, like, action-packed movie uh, when he first wrote it, like, years ago.
1: It's like, my character was a bit, uh, to be honest, cooler in the original script.
2: Yeah, like, he rewrote the whole thing, like, the only thing that remained was, like, this dynamic of the friendship and the fact that they were ending their friendship, basically. Um, and, yeah, like, this this movie is so f- fucked up, but so fun at the same time. And, um, again, I think... With his screenplays, they're usually the highlight and it's the same here. This is a great screenplay.
1: Julie, who is your favorite performance in this one? Did you see it in theaters, by the way?
0: In theaters. I saw it again yesterday. Okay. I watched it with my boyfriend. He hated it. But mm, um yeah. I I really like it in a lot of ways. I it's one of those movies I admire more than I love. But I really liked it. It really made me laugh. It's entertaining and the most um interesting quality to his writing is that you don't know where the story is going and it can be this simple story and you still are kind of just following it you're not guessing you're just you know you're taking in all the words to be honest because there's a lot of them and it's hard with the accents a little bit and i watched it with subtitles last night i got a lot more out of it so i mean it's like one of those really quick be like fast plays it feels a little more play like than his other movies but at the same time i really appreciate that about it it's a small town everybody knows each other's business and how do you find really meaningful friendship in a small place like that um so it's i like a lot of the themes that brought up about like time and you know just friendship and we do have seasons of our life when we change our friends and how many times, like, because we were friends doesn't mean that we need to be anymore, but, like, how do we deal with that? And is it the hardest breakup we have sometimes? Yes. Like, breaking up with your friend means a lot more in a lot of ways for most people, different times in their life. So it, was, it brought up a lot. I really liked it. You could tell it was, like, a COVID screenplay. Like, he wrote this during when he was for isolated sure. or something. So I liked he that about it
1: You couldn't see his friends. His friends. I oh. think... Colin has, like, a similar sadness in this performance that he did to In Bruges, especially because now that Brendan Gleeson's like, I don't want to be friends anymore, he's, like, really lonely, and he's kind of taking that out, um, even though he thinks he's, like, way better than everyone else on the planet, because everyone else is kind of an asshole. Uh, or at least a couple of the characters, because there's a one big character who, like, he's, like, he casually just beats his son, and you can see, like, also, how, like, humorously sad the Sun character is, who... Also, Barry Kyoen
2: Plays it beautifully.
1: Wonderful job. Um, Always rooting for him, also. Carrie Condon was also wonderful as his sister. And she fits in perfectly to this world of, like... um, Of, like, that emotion. But also just the crazy humor that she's given. Even though she's the voice of reason in the
2: movie. She's so funny.
1: Yeah. And now I'm watching Better Call Saul, which she's in... And, uh, and she has an American accent in it. So it's like weird to adjust that. And fun fact, she was Iron Man's AI in the last couple of Avengers movies in really? Avengers two, three, she and four was she Friday.
0: Was Friday. I, don't yeah, I don't recognize her from, and this is the first thing I think I know her from, you know, I don't mm. recognize her from anything.
2: But I really just like
0: how her character is just like always angering everyone around her. And she's like the only one who really knows things.
2: I think there's a really good chance she wins the Oscar for, uh, for this role. And um, Do we want to talk a bit about awards chances? Uh, let's, let's get into that. Um, I just want to say that something that it's really, uh, really nice how you were talking about, uh, Julie was talking about like the exploration of the friend breakup. And I think it's really interesting to get, like, both sides of that. It's really rare that a movie would talk about something like that, especially in, like, such a well-written way. Um, like, at, in the beginning, you're so... You're you're kind of taken aback, and you you kind of hate... Uh, it's Comb his name, right? Yeah. I hate old names. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> so, you're like, wow, Comb is an asshole. But, uh when it starts going, he starts talking about his struggles, like, with uh, being remembered and all that, and, like, how, and sometimes you feel that about some friendships, where you're, like, maybe, like, in order for both of us to grow, we have to go our separate ways, like, just, like, in relationships, and, like, yeah, I I just love that exploration. It made me think about a bunch of stuff.
1: (laughs) I saw the um, the actors on Actress that Colin Farrell had with Jamie Lee Curtis, and he said, "I found myself at times relating to Brendan Gleeson's character."
2: Yeah. So, uh, okay, let's talk about Oscar chances. I think we pretty much nailed the biggest Oscar chance this movie has, right? Her for best supporting.
0: I for the win or for. Yeah,
2: for the win. If we're going for the for win, win, I think the
0: best chance is screenplay. Screenplay. Right now, um, I don't. I think. There's a lot of passion definitely behind both of the supporting roles um, because they're pretty much getting in everywhere together. Um, It's not just one. It's mostly both of them together doing it. So I think it's like they have a way better chance than a lot of other people um, to get into this category. I think Carrie's definitely getting nominated. Not sure, so sure if she wins because, to be honest, the supporting category is kind of nuts right now. I feel like she's the most solid nomination. I think Adible. she's the only
1: one that's for sure getting nominated right now. Yeah. yeah,
0: And Collins <laughs> is definitely getting nominated. He's in the talk for the win. He possibly, I think, that category is still up in the air. At uh, least, You know, it's between three of people uh, that are going to get Best Actor. He's one of them. And um, I... Do you think Martin's going to get Best Director for the first time? And I think because he's in the Best Director, he's most likely to get that writing win.
1: He was nominated for screenplay for In Bruges and Three Billboards and won for live action short for Sixth Shooter. I think he has an excellent chance at at a win for screenplay. But the main thing in his way is Everything Everywhere All at Once, which I also think has a lot of passion. I think because it's such a beloved movie... Even though it has two screenwriters, it could give Martin McDonough a run for his money. I don't know if he's winning Best Director, but I think he'll get nominated. Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, Barry Keoghan, and Kerry Condon are probably all getting nominated.
2: We've called it Farrell one, honestly. I honestly... He's gonna. Right so now, I'm good. saying that he's going w- right so to win. He's so and the good. reason
1: is, uh, I think, the other two rivals that you mentioned are Austin Butler for Elvis and Brendan Fraser for The Whale. Uh, and I think... For a while, people are saying it's going to be one of them, but I think A, I don't know if like Butler has that passion behind him, and B, I've heard a bit of controversy around the whale with like him wearing a fat suit and some people thinking it was fat shaming, and I'm afraid that that's kind of going to be detrimental to the movie. And plus, I think that's going to be the movie's only nomination as opposed to Banshees of Innisfarin, which is getting in for four performances, probably writing, picture, and director. Maybe also original score. Yeah. Um, for Carter Burwell, who was also nominated for three billboards and Carol.
2: Because love giving awards not for the actual performance, but for like the body of work. And Colin Farrell has such a quality background. Like he's he's always good. Like he was just a penguin like a year ago. And he completely changed for that role. Physically, he changed totally the way he s- he spoke for that role, and like he does that on a dime, and like m- probably yearly. So, maybe that's why I think he's the frontrunner right now. Uh, I agree with what you said, Gal. That like the whale and Brendan Fraser started off the Oscar like uh, the Oscar race like a few months ago as basically the frontrunner. But I think since then, all the criticism and the other performances that came out after, I think, really gave him a run for his money. And uh, I think it's uh, Colin's year.
0: I think it's pretty split right now between the three of them for a couple different Mm -hmm. reasons. I think Colin could definitely get the boost of having a really great year last year, the Penguin, after Yang, 13 Lives, Banshees. He did this transformative thing. Uh, You know, earlier in the year and he blew it out of the park. We wanted more of him. He's going to have a show coming up. I think he's having a really good moment. And he used to not get such great roles. And he used to be like, we used to like, when I was growing up, we would like laugh about him. He was like that guy, like he wasn't like a prestigious actor. And I feel like uh, Martin kind of helped him do that guy. Richie kind of helped him like become like this, who he is right now. Like he's like in the moment. But, you know, at the same time, I'm a 90s kid. I grew up with Brendan Fraser and I am totally on board with him winning. And that's who I would vote for if I was in the Academy. And another thing we have to think about, too, is like people are still going to see The Whale, even though it's not playing a lot, a lot of places. It's per screening. If you look at the it's really high. The seats—it has number one. It's been number one for since it's been released. Limitedly, it's the number one. Getting people in there and everyone in the theater when I saw it, there was like so many people talking about it after. And I don't really get that experience a lot where I'm around. Um, I'm in the Philly area, but it's not like full theaters. But like I was in a full theater for the whale, and everybody when they were out, they were like, "Oh my god, it was so good." So I feel like it made people feel a lot and i feel like it's it is rising and i don't think it's falling i feel like other movies from that time period of tiff are falling not that one um and also i think if hong chao gets in i think his chances ex- get bigger i think that yeah. is the difference between him winning or losing in my opinion because then people will be more likely to see the movie and i, I think, think it is a movie really- we all want to see it's like the renaissance so we say is here too so i think colin farrow and brendan have this similar quality going on right now people are excited for them
1: yeah but they both i think never been Butler is
0: like a little older in the year but for me i a lot of people love him so i mean if i could speak from like just social media responses i would say it would be austin Butler.
2: yeah but like this is so not good. The,
1: the awards are <laughs> loving it. Like,
2: it's going to get nominated. I don't understand when the awards do that. Like, there's so many good movies out right now. Like, that movie is, a is like, it's fine. But, like, compared to everything that's out right now, it is not even close.
0: It's overperforming. <laughs> it's overperforming, but I, I don't hate anything People like, you like what you like. Totally, no, no hate. For sure. You like what you like, if you're happy with it, that's great. Like, I it's just great. love it
1: for me. I'm glad people enjoyed Elvis. I didn't like it that much, but the fact that it's more likely to get nominated for Best Picture over, like, The Woman King is just sad. Because oh. uh, I just loved heard The Woman King. Deeply there. Um, the Woman
2: King is, like, my seventh favorite movie of the year.
1: But, yeah, so. um... Another thing about Farrell is he's never been nominated for an Oscar. And I did a top 10 actors, never been nominated for an Oscar on my Instagram a couple months ago. And he was my number four. So it looks like he and Jamie Lee Curtis are going to get bumped off that list this year. Good. uh, Thank
2: God they are. They don't deserve to be on that list.
1: And one more thing is I do think Brendan Gleeson has somewhat of a chance to win. But his main competition would be Kihui Kwan and everything everywhere. Oh,
2: I think Kihui Kwan is, has that one locked. But yeah, I think we also agree that uh, it's time that Martin got that uh, that directing nod. He's not gonna win this year. This year is either gonna be, he's prob, it's most likely gonna be Steven Spielberg. If not, there's an outside chance that probably that might, maybe Cameron's gonna get it. But like, yeah, maybe
1: Cameron, maybe the Daniels.
2: Uh. But I don't think Martin's getting anywhere near that award. But I'm so glad that most likely he'll get the nom. Uh... All
1: right. Do we want to do we want to rank his movies? Yes. Uh, let's uh, let's rank his movies.
2: Let's start with uh, our most special guest, Julie.
0: Okay. My number four is Banshees of Inisherin. Even though it's a nine, still.
2: Oh yeah, we didn't do ratings, so it is also an eight for me.
1: I'd say eight and a half.
0: Yeah. My number three is. In Bruges and then my number two is three billboards out Ebbing, Missouri and my number one seven psychopaths
1: Sure, my number four would be seven psychopaths I enjoy all these movies as we've mentioned number three in Bruges two Banshees of Inisherin, and number one three billboards
2: Okay, so we all have like, have different lists. That's so weird. I thought like with four movies. We would have like similar similar lists, but um, number four for me, I agree with Julie's the Banshees of Inisherin um again i love all his work but like something has to come last and uh for now it is banshees uh third it is uh three billboards outside abbey missouri i for all the reasons that i said again it's still a fantastic movie second is seven psychopaths for me uh, and uh the first one is in bruges i love I awesome. in bruges is so good and I'm I'm a I'm a fan of like the really small small movies that like.
1: In Bruges is almost second. There's yeah. no good reason for me to like put Banshees over Bruges or Bruges over Banshees. More of
2: a ranking of like which movie I w- I have like a one percent chance of wanting to see more, and like it, the last one is like one percent less and one percent.
1: Exactly. Less. One last thing I want to mention before we wrap up. I read this article where um, Martin McDonough was being interviewed for one of the big newspapers. And uh, he was addressing the fact that he took five years between seven psychopaths, between seven psychopaths and three billboards, and then between three billboards and banshees. And he said, as a joke, I'm the laziest filmmaker of all time. And that just sums up like how irreverent his humor is, let alone he's willing to poke fun at himself that way. So I just thought I'd share that. If
2: you have to take a seven-year break every time and every time we get a great movie like this, you do it until you die, my man.
1: Yeah, he said like, I don't want to make 20 movies or 20 plays that disappear. I want to take my time and make something that people remember, which I really appreciate.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I even just watched Six Shooter yesterday. Did you guys see it? It's like I watched
1: it just today, actually. I haven't yeah,
0: seen. it's available. It was really good too. I just feel like he's. A, I, I'm into the writing first when I watch a movie. I'm into the acting second. Um, the technicals are an addition to, from, to me, so I think this screenplay is just really good. And he, I'm I look forward to writers a lot more than anything these days. So I'm into it. He's definitely up there. Right. He's he's coming up. He's coming up the list. And I saw yeah. a lot of his movies this year. So.
1: Was yeah. this in your favorite movies of the year list?
0: It made my top 15. Um, I think it was like my number 15. I still didn't post my official list. I'm like okay. wrapping up all the end of the year things still. Um, he's definitely up there. And, and this is movie also is also my
2: fifteen of the year. I put it in. Number 15.
0: That's my lucky number too. So it's a good number.
1: So no spoilers for Julie's top 10 of the year, but definitely check it out once it drops on her Instagram.
0: Yeah, I'm not exactly a critic. I wouldn't call myself that even though I am in the critic circle. I do like five reviews a year. But other than that, I love lists. I love giving recommendations and just letting people know what I saw. If I don't like a movie, I actually don't finish it. And that's why I don't see a lot mm-hmm. of my movies ranked really low is because I just don't finish a movie. If I'm not enjoying it, I just don't waste my time. So that's why I don't call myself a critic because of that reason because so, otherwise I'd be paid to do it. It would be different, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Well, wow, thank you so much, Julie. Where can people find you? Uh on uh on on the uh,
0: on Instagram the... at juice trailer Reviews. That's J-U-S-R-E-E-L reviews. And um, you can just Maybe. check me out on there. I post a lot of lists.
2: Amazing. Thank you so much for coming. We had a blast with you. It's
0: been awesome, uh, and uh yeah. see you next time.
2: See you. Thank you See so ya. much.
1: Always great talking movies.
0: You too. Thanks.
1: Uh, director Spotlight on Mr. Martin McDonough. Check out his movies if you haven't already, including The Banshees of Inisherin, which is available on HBO Max and is getting some of the most awards buzz for any movie of the year. Alan, always great talking movies in the studio. And thank you, you guys, for tuning in. Make sure to follow us everywhere, including Instagram, YouTube and Spotify.
2: Uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for watching. I'm Gao. I'm, I'm Gao. I'm Alan. And I'm Alan. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>